Foundry Church, I am thrilled to introduce to you a, a friend. We're friends. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. it. Um, a friend of mine and someone, actually, I, you know this, but we were at a marriage conference with you when Erica and I had been married two months. And, um, and I do think, like, we just dropped our oldest off at college, and, and we, we talked so much about the things we learned at that. You've been a huge blessing in our life. Um, in our ministry at Riesland, I know Winning at Home stepped in and did a lot of good in our life in ministry. And this is a man not only that I look up to and respect, but I'm so thrilled that he will come and share with us as a church a message on family. And I'm just thrilled to introduce and turn over um, your ear and your heart to Dan Seaborn and let him teach from the word of God into your life. He has been a blessing into mine, a pastor, a friend, and a mentor. I'm thrilled to have you with us, brother. Thanks, man. Get Thank at you, it. Eric. You know, what, what an honor for me, too, because Eric and Erica, I've been able to watch the journey. God's had them on from Friesland to here and how blessed uh, you are as a fellowship to have them here leading all the things that are happening, the whole team you've put together, obviously, Matt's wife, Jelena, is a part of Winning at Home, part of our team, and so I feel this connection with you, but it's always a joy uh, to get to hang out with you, and these next couple of weeks, uh, God has given me that opportunity again, and so uh, I'm praying that as I hit this topic of family, I mean, I, I love talking about family, and being able to do this is my wheelhouse, it's what God put me on the earth for, I believe, and so I'm praying that as I share with you and I talk to you about this, that God will just build a strong family foundation in you. And that the things I say from my heart, I'm going to talk a lot from my heart in these next couple of weeks. Uh, I feel like, you know, I live right here in this community with you. And I want to share things that I believe will be encouragement to you and a help to you. Because right now in our society, I just see so much fragility, um, so much uncertainty. All the things that should not represent who we are as a people and who we are as Christian followers of the Lord God Almighty. And so I want to call us all out to build a more solid foundation. I want to get it started like this. Um, I was listening to a pastor friend of mine, his name's Adam Grill, and he shared some quotes and thoughts of people who became famous in our world and the things they said right before they died. He had a whole series and litany of people he was talking about. But one particular name, uh, when he said it and when he shared the quote from this guy, it really hit me strong. Because in our world right now, what I see is people are looking for a Savior. Uh, right now it's Savior from coronavirus. Um, after that, post-coronavirus, because that day will come, when we get past that, there will be another thing the world will be looking to be saved from. And we as people, we look to find a Savior, I believe, in all the wrong places. And right now I see us looking to really famous people, really intelligent people, all these people who maybe have attained more than we have in life. What do they think? Frankly, I got to tell you, I find myself going, I don't really care what a lot of people think. I want to know what God says. What's the thing that God would do to give me a strong foundation, my family a strong foundation, in a very insecure society and environment? So... My mind ran to a guy, he passed away in 2006, and this name was one of the names that Adam mentioned, and I did a lot more study and research on it. It's the guy who invented this. Uh, this little thing has changed our lives. Um, when I want to go somewhere, last week I needed to go somewhere, and I'd never been to that place before. I just had to go zip, zip, tap, and it took me there. It's crazy. Steve Jobs 
invented this. I still remember the day. I don't remember the year, but I remember the day that he stood on a stage. I think he was in California, and he held up this, I invented a new device that's going to change your world. We didn't realize how much. Uh, Some of you have different relationship with your teens because of this. Uh, Some of you have watched your two-year-old figure out how to do this a lot better than your grandpa. Uh, This thing has changed our life. So literally, the man who invented this, who I think is probably the greatest inventor of our day, he finished his life, accomplished some incredible things. And on his deathbed, he looked at his family, his final, it's actually been written, you can go read this, there's been a book written about this. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you I understand everything about this moment, but I want to tell you that at the end of his life, Steve Jobs, greatest inventor of our day, was talking to all of his family, spoke to those around him, looked past them in his final moments. They said his eyes just gazed past them, and he said these words, Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And then he passed away. His sister has attempted to tell us what those words mean. Uh, Since Steve Jobs was not a believer in God Almighty, was not a follower of Jesus Christ, a lot of pastors have tried to tell us what his words mean. We don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know what he meant? I don't know. I wasn't there, and I don't know what his thoughts were. But I do find myself thinking, what would someone who doesn't believe in God and do not have a foundation in God, what would they think as they look at the last moment of their life? And I want to tell you that living in the world we're living in right now, we better have some solid foundation for our family when it comes to this idea of what we're about. So today, I'm going to share with you um, a couple of scriptures. First one, Psalm 127. This is one that I've always, it's iconic for me. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builder labors in vain. We know that passage. Some of you have been studying it in your devos this week. A second verse that about now a month and a half ago, I was sitting in my office. I have this little stool. I got this new little stool. I sit on it, kind of as a little move-around stool. I like it. So I'm sitting on this little stool, and the Lord just brings to my mind a Scripture verse that I've preached on. I bet Eric's preached on it. I bet Matt's preached on it. It's just a verse we pastors use. It's John 14, 6. The verse says this, a simple verse, Jesus' words He's speaking, powerful passage. If you haven't read it in a while, go to John 14. And Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Preachers, all of us, use this to point that Jesus is the way. Don't try to find another way. It's Christ. And that day, sitting on my stool, the Lord just spoke into my spirit. Just, Dan, keep saying the verse. Keep quoting the verse, and here's why. When Jesus spoke, there was the obvious first-level stuff that he meant when he said something. But past that, there were so many more levels to when Jesus spoke. Do you remember the times Jesus would say something, and one of his disciples would look at him and go, Huh, what are you talking about? Because he spoke with depth. And I felt like on that day, the Lord kind of said to me, Keep saying the verse. Look past just the fact that I'm the way to heaven. Look past that. What else could this mean? So I kept reading. Jesus is the way. And this began to dawn on me. Jesus is the way through a pandemic. 
Jesus is the way to decide what I'm supposed to do with my kids in the fall. Jesus is the way that I will handle if everything gets shut down again and my kids get sent back home. Jesus is the way to know how to get through that, to manage that. In fact, for me, it's been so refreshing because I've got this thing where people are coming to me right now going, Dan, what should I do about this situation with my family? What decisions should I make? Because they want a solid foundation. And what do we do? We tend to look to people. The Steve Jobs of the world, the world goes, man, you're so intelligent. Tell us what to do. And then as a pastor in this community, Dan, you, you have a little bit more of a connection with God. Let me know what to do. And I've said to him, no. Mm -mm. We all can go and seek the Lord for ourselves because Jesus, said, Jesus didn't say Dan's the way. He didn't say Eric's the way. He didn't say the foundry's the way. Jesus said, I am the way. And I want to ask you to consider something. Some of you have been trying to get your answer of what you're supposed to do by posting a question on Facebook. How's that working? <laughs> you, you know, I mean, no matter what you say, you're going to get ripped apart. The other day, my wife, she posted something on Facebook. Immediately, people going out, you are the dumbest, craziest. And over here, you are so amazing and wonderful. I said to her, no post. You don't need to. Because it's confusion. Watch this. Satan loves chaos and confusion. And Jesus said, I don't want that for you. I want to give you a way to find peace in this. So I said to these two families who came to me and said, what decision are we supposed to make? And I said, I don't know. But I know the way to find out an answer. And I said, I want you to go spend a week. Spend a week just asking the Lord. You, in this case, both of them were married. And I said, spend time. You and your spouse pray. Come back together. See where you land. Both those families came back to me and said, I cannot believe the amount of peace I had. We went and prayed to the Lord. We didn't ask our friends what they're doing. We didn't post it. We didn't do it. We just prayed. And we, you know what? We know what we're going to do this fall with our kids. We don't even have any questions about it. And I said to them, that's peaceful. And then I said to him, go make that decision. Watch this. And if it doesn't work out perfectly, it's okay. Because we have this thing where in our minds, we call a solid foundation. We call it everything's working good and we've got no problems. That's not what a solid. A solid foundation means when things are working good, I'm fine. When things aren't working good, I'm fine. That's a solid foundation. And when Jesus is the way then you can get there. I'll take a little fun thing, how the Lord used that verse to really speak and minister to me because um, let me just say, this, as soon as I say this, I'm going to have people on both sides of the issue. A mask. A mask. Some people in the world right now literally see a mask as the Savior. Others think it's the most foolish thing in the history of mankind. It depends where you land. So, so I'm going to tell you how the Lord showed me something about a mask. Um, I went to Speedway the other day, and when I arrived at Speedway, I was going to go in and get me a little coffee. And it's about 10 minutes from my house, so I drove there, got all the way, parked in the parking lot, got out of the car, was walking into Speedway, totally forgot I'd left my mask at home. And you know the rule right now in Michigan here, it's make sure you have a mask when you go into a public place. So I didn't have mine. And I thought, oh, shoot. And, and to be full on with you, I'm probably somewhere in the middle of the road. There are times I think a mask helps. Well, there are times I think it's kind of foolish. So I'm sitting in the middle, and I'm not saying that, so I got friends on both sides. It's just kind of how I feel about it. 
But the one thing I have done through this time is go, if there's somebody I know who that makes them feel peaceful, then I want to put a mask on for their sake. And so I arrived at the Speedway. I opened the door. There was a dude standing there by the coffee machine. And I just yelled and I said, sir, sir, can I get your attention for a second? He said, sure. And he turned around and looked at me. He said, what's up? I said, hey, um, this is crazy, I know. But I, I live about 10 minutes from here. I got the door open to Speedway. I'm talking to the guy. By, by the way, I find out he's the manager. I didn't know it at the time, but he told me later I'm the manager. So I said, sir, I, I left my mask at home. Do you have any mask in here I can buy before I come in? And he said, oh, you know what? It's all good. He said, I'm, I'm comfortable with you coming on in. Just come on in. You don't need a mask. Come on in. And I looked in the store. Just, just had a... Half second, I looked in the store, I looked around, there were three or four people in the store, and they all had masks on. And I looked at him and I said, sir, I'm very comfortable walking in without a mask. But I said, I'm looking around, and there's three or four people in the store, and all of them have masks on, and I don't know where they stand on this issue, but one of them might be a little more susceptible or a little more, you know, vulnerable to getting COVID, and I just want to be sensitive to how they might be feeling, so if you could help me just buy a mask before I come in, I'd just feel better about that. Here's what he did. Seriously, he stopped everything he's doing. He looked right at me, out the door, and he said, what did you just say? And, and I said it again. He goes, sir, in all the months of dealing with this, I'm the manager of this store. That's the kindest thing anyone has said so far. And before you, you know, start giving me kudos, the ump at my softball game on Wednesday night did not get that experience with me. But so let me just be clear with you that I'm not always like Jesus. But on this Jesus day for me, um, I made a good statement to this dude that was the manager of the store. And here, here's what the Lord kind of showed on my mind with the way. Dan, if that guy ever hears you preach, he doesn't know you're a preacher, doesn't even know who you are. But if this guy that's the manager of Speedway were to have a, ever happen in a place, ever happen online, see, oh, that's the dude that was standing at the door that day. If he ever hears you preach, I think he'll be willing to hear the message because of the kindness you just showed. That's big. Can, can I just ask you a question? Can you realize that you and the way you live, the way you show your children how to be kind, might be one of the greatest ways you build a solid foundation in your family life? Because let me just tell you, opportunities come every day to be unkind. And it's those of us who realize Jesus has called us not to a thousand foot view of everything going on in our society. He's called us to a 30,000 foot view. He wants us to look down at mankind and say, why are they struggling so? Why are they grappling so much with this insecurity? Come on, you Christians, you who call yourself by another name. Get up here at another level with kindness and love and live the way that I lived. So, you know, I've preached a long time, and I've invited people when I was youth pastor every Wednesday night. That was one of my themes. I would give a chance for people to come to know the Lord as Savior. It was just, I always did that. And for a second right now, it might be only one out of a thousand listening that will listen to this thought. But I want to invite you for a moment to ask you this question I want you to consider have you ever thought about inviting Jesus to be the way for your life? Like, like, have you ever considered it? 
um, does the church and people like me, like preachers like me, turn you off so bad that you won't even consider Jesus being the way? I'm, I'm a realist. I know that. I, I golfed last week with a guy. Um, I was golfing in a twosome, and we got teamed up with another twosome when we arrived at the golf course. And the guy on the first tee, man, he was dropping the F-bomb. He was, he, was just, he was just being himself. And then somebody whispered to him, that guy, that Dan, he's a preacher. <laughs> so his whole golf game just went to shambles. Uh, he couldn't even hardly hit the ball. He was like, I'm golfing with a preacher. I don't even know what to do. And I said to him, dude, be yourself. Be yourself. You don't need to be anything for me. And he said, Dan, I've just hated preachers my whole life. I hate the church. I said, dude, what happened? He goes, this guy screwed over as a kid. There's got to be somebody watching who feels that way. I've never invited Jesus to be the way because the people who I have watched who say they're following the way, that's not intriguing to me. It's not inviting to me. It's not contagious to me. So you've just never considered the way. I want to I tell you, like I told the dude on the golf course that day, I said that to him. It was really cool. On the 18th hole, he even said, I might be willing to listen to you preach. It was really pretty cool. I want you to understand, if you, if you really met Jesus, if you got past the church people and the preacher and the church and really met Jesus, if, if, you, like, if you like splashed a little bit of him, I'm going to call this your life, if you just splashed a little bit of him in there, you might discover that this way is pretty sweet. Uh, and, and I want to I tell you another mistake I've made as a preacher over the years. I've always told people, oh, just put Jesus in your life. He'll fill you right up. Let me tell you that I've discovered that this feeling of the Holy Spirit, this what we call sanctification. I know Eric uses that word a lot, and I love it. Because when we get saved, all we get is a little splash of Jesus. You don't, you don't really know everything about Jesus. You can't understand everything about Jesus. It's like that verse of Scripture I read when, when, he would, when the woman at the well, she splashed a little she didn't know how much it was going to change her whole life and how over the course of her life it was going to be a process of filling herself up with him this isn't what you get when you ask Jesus into your life this is what you get a beginning a start without no well then I don't understand right that's why I love I love this verse in Isaiah listen to this in Isaiah chapter 42 verse 16 this is God's word I will lead the blind by ways they have not known so when you splash Jesus in you but I don't know how right you're going to get some new insights and thoughts literally into your mind that you go where where'd that come from Holy Spirit I'm I'm turning 60 this year. I was thinking about my life. <laughs> I've lived for Jesus now about 40 years, and I think I'm about this full. I, I started here, and I'm up to here. I, I, maybe another 40 years will get me a, 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 a I, There's a whole lot of Dan still left in me. This way is a process. And today I want to invite somebody who's watching to consider a splash of Jesus. I want you to have a more solid foundation. Your kids need it. Literally, it's kind of funny. Right before I come to record this, I was in my office meeting with a gentleman who said, um, my dad and the way he lived turned me off so bad I didn't even want the splash. Totally get it. And I'm saying to you today, if you really could meet Jesus, because I, I, I got to tell you for me, I've met him. Um, I used to try to be real churchy. If some of you hung out with me every day, you'd go, I don't like some of the music you listen to. Okay. 
Okay. I'm discovering that I'm good because I'm God's kid. He's got me. And he's filling me up and he's showing me where I got crevices in my life and where I got canker sores in my life. And he cleans them up. And it's a process. If you would like to be invited into that type of way that's not perfect, that's not all figured out, but you go, I'll give that a shot. I invite you. Um, this, you've come to the right church. This is a church that will help you grow deeper. Eric is a man who, uh, just in the years I've known him, he, it, his water is getting fuller. Love it. Imperfect? Heck yeah. Growing? Mm -hmm. Jesus is the way. And I invite you to consider having him in your life. Probably the biggest thing I'll do in this little time of sharing with you. Second thing it says is Jesus said, I'm the way. Then he moved to, I am the truth. I am the truth. Have you ever had a time and seen a time since you've been alive that it's hard to find out the actual truth? Like people, well, have you seen these statistics? Have you heard about this? Oh, you know what I saw in a post the other day? Can you stop? What's the truth anymore? What's the truth? We're coming into political season in case you haven't noticed. Is anybody even telling the truth? And Jesus, whoa, so thankful we have God Almighty and Jesus. Jesus said, hey, hey, when y'all are really struggling, oh, over here, I'm the truth. <laughs> I wrote down as I was sitting on my stool, remember in my office, I'm sitting on the stool that day going, what would Jesus say is the truth? What, what's the truth in Jesus right now? I wrote down three things. I'm going to share them with you. First of all, uh, Jesus the truth is, Jesus did not operate out of fear. Do you? You need to ask yourself that question. Am I operating out of fear? Am I laying my head on the end of the day and going, I, the world is getting me anxious? Just for curiosity, right before I was putting this message together, when I wrote this down, I went and I chose just some of the main news media, and I went to their top headlines. Every one of them exuded something that brought about fear. It's like, have you read lately how bad this is? Have you seen this? Have you worried about this? Fear, fear, fear. Why? because fear brings you back if you went to watch the news today and they said this everything is just turning a corner it is great don't need to come back and watch us anymore go out and live your peaceful life of course they aren't going to say that you won't tune back in but if they say to you listen the world's done and when you wake up in the morning turn us on we'll tell you how bad it's going to be you go to it and that's what satan wants satan wants us to live in fear in chaos and in anxiety. Because see, parents, your children are watching how you handle this. And 10 years from now, as they've gotten a little older and they get in college or they're just getting married and a big chaotic moment happens, wouldn't it be really cool if they go, oh, I remember back when mom and dad went through that COVID thing. They were always peaceful. Jesus did not operate out of fear. Do you? A second thing that I wrote down is Jesus responded. He did not react. Which best describes you? Jesus responded. I was thinking about this. Um, a lot of my life seems to happen at a gas stations because this happened at a gas station again. I was at a gas station the other day. I was pumping my gas. 
right next to me in a nice black Denali was a family. They appeared to be going camping. They had the camper attachment with bikes everywhere. And there was this boy sitting in the back seat. His seat was actually right behind the father. And the dad had gone in and purchased some donuts. I'm pumping my gas. I just see all this happening while I'm pumping my gas. The dad came out, gave the kid the donut. And when he gave the kid the donut, the kid had it in his hand. He was in a car seat, like one of those, the booster kind. The kid was old enough to hold a donut, no problem, probably five. And the donut fell out of his hand and fell out onto the ground. The family was all sitting there. The mom was in the front seat. I could see her enough to see that she appeared to be in the position to have another child because she was, she was large in that area. I, I never ask her because you don't do that. That's, that can cause real problems. That's a whole other sermon there for us. But the kid dropped the donut. And the father, and I'll be real careful saying this, but the father literally started screaming the door was open, kid donut rolled right out, and he said, you stupid little effing kid, you are so stupid, you can't hold it. He is cursing this child like he was a piece of trash. And I was standing there going, oh my goodness, if as psychologists teach us, those of us who are believers in God, if our children view God by how we act toward them. What does this kid think about his life? What's that five-year-old going to grow up and think about himself? His dad is totally reacting. i got to confess to you, my kids are older now. i got six grandkids. But when I was parenting my children, I had some reactionary moments that I'm not proud of. But if I take a moment, think about this scripture verse, think about applying it to my family... Dan Seaborn needs to learn to respond. Do you? There's a way that dad could have handled that donut situation that would have been amazingly good for that child to learn. You do have to be more careful, but you're not the worst kid in the history of the world. And when a child hears they're the worst kid in the history of the world over and over, you know what they start believing? Mm. You know where they come to counseling? Mm. So I ask you to consider as a parent today, take the COVID, take a donut hole, take a spilt milk, take a teen didn't come home last night, pick it. Did you respond or did you react? If you want to follow the way of Jesus, the truth is Jesus responded. <laughs> he always chose. Jesus predecided. What he was going to be like before he even went in a situation. Wouldn't that be helpful sometimes in your conversation with your wife, with your husband? I'm going to predecide that that little thing you say ain't going to set me off. That's called responding. It's called a change in behavior. This is why Jesus said, if y'all want to know, I am the way, I am the truth. If you want to know, there is a better way to live. And listen, founder, I'm inviting you into that way. Um, reacting is knee-jerk, responding takes thought, takes intentionality. I'm asking you, learn to respond because you look a little more like Jesus every time you do. And then the third thing I wrote down about truth is Jesus had peace no matter what. Do you have peace? 
Remember I told you if you don't have peace, how about a little splash? Why not try this splash of Jesus? Why not? What you got to lose? Jesus um, had peace no matter what. And I want to tell you today, like I want to take this COVID thing. I've, I've had this thought, and I'm going to share. I'm being honest with you. I'm not, I'm not trying to make this up. I don't want COVID. I'm not walking. I don't lick door handles. I don't rub my hands on toilet lids. I, I don't do that stuff. I don't want COVID. But if I get it and I pass away, I want you all to know it's all going to be okay. Because God's got it. There's nothing that can happen to you or your family that when you ultimately trust Jesus with everything, that he doesn't have covered. Note that. Teach that. Live that. It will take away a lot of the anxiety of living family life. You say, but Dan, what if you have a wayward child? Been there. And I found that Jesus can give peace in that too. And I challenge you to know that Jesus, if he's going to be our example, the truth is, We can have peace no matter what. And obviously Jesus said, if I'm the way, if I'm the truth, I am the life. (laughs) That's it. That's why I came to do this sermon today, because I want you to have life and life abundantly. You get to choose today. This what I used to as a preacher, I felt like I had to convince you, not anymore. I preach the word of God and I trust that it falls on your ears and then you decide what you do with it. The more I study the life of Jesus, he was so good at going, I'm just sharing the message I'm here to deliver. I'm not, when I leave, I'm going to go on to the next town, but I'm telling you. And so I don't have to convince you. I have to share it with you and let you grapple with what you want to choose to believe. And I'm telling you, if you want solidness in the middle of a frail world, dive deep in this idea of Jesus being your way, and you're going to be good. He's the life. And if you remember, he said two greatest things you can do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Right now in our society, you do, do, you do those two things, you will have and give life. My daughter, uh, Christina, she has three kids. And the oldest is Jackson. He's seven. And he's my buddy. Man, we, we hang out a lot, have a lot of fun together. Today, I'm going to be hanging out with him. After I do this, I'm going to hang out with him. It's going to be fun. But Jackson can be pretty challenging. Jackson can be pretty smart mouth. Jackson can say some things. He's a lot like his papa. Jackson's a lot like his papa. And recently she was telling me, you know, Dad, Jackson's just been acting up a little bit. So what I would do when my kids were little, I would sometimes call my mom and have her talk to them because that just seemed to work better. So I said to Chrissy, you know what I'll do? I'm going to FaceTime him tonight. I'm going to give him some thoughts and ideas, and I'm going to help you with this situation. So I did that. That night I called and FaceTime and talked to Chrissy a minute and said, hey, can I just have some time with Jackson? So she gave him the iPad. He went by himself into a room. And we're talking, and at first, you know, I'm just chatting with him, relating, Pokemon, he loves Pokemon, so I'm talking about Pokemon cards and all that stuff. And then I turned the corner and said, hey, J-Man, I need to talk to you a little bit about your behavior. So we start talking, and I'm sharing, and the whole time I'm talking, he's going, shaking his head real big, not saying anything, shaking his head real big, like, man, and I'm thinking, I'm killing it. And then Chrissy walked in the room. My daughter walked in the room. She grabbed the iPad. She said, Dad, how long have you been talking? I said, oh, probably two or three minutes. She said, well, he had you muted the whole time. He, I can't hear your voice. He's just shaking his head. 
And I thought, oh, my word. Is that so us? God in heaven speaking to us. And I challenge you today. Um, maybe it's the splash that you're kind of going, I don't want to hear. Why? Why? Because it might give you a way to deal with all that crap you're going through. Consider it. That's my prayer. I want you to have a solid foundation. I want you to know this someday. And I want this to keep filling up. And my prayer is that you won't mute what God said to you during this little message. But you'd take it and you would apply it. So God, thank you for these moments. Maybe someone right now says, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Splash your salvation into my life. Heal me. Help me. My family, Lord, we're in shambles. Will you show us the way? Guide us. I invite you into my life, Jesus, because you say you'll give light in the darkness. Today, I pray, Lord, you'd bless some families who are a part of this time together. Let there be new unity. Let there be new thoughts as they turn to Jesus, the author of the way in any circumstance. We love you today. We give this time to you, and we pray you'd bless it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. God bless you. So if you made that commitment today, if you took the step of splashing a little Jesus in your life, uh, the foundry is all about making sure you take the next steps. I want to make sure you take the next steps. And so... There's info right there on the screen. Can you drop us your email? Can you make sure you touch in? We'll get back in touch with you. We will move you forward in understanding what the splash even means. I don't want to leave you going, yep, I did it. Look, nothing changed. I get it. I made a decision to accept Jesus 40 years ago, and not everything changed overnight. It's been a process. I invite you, come be a part of that growth. Get connected here at the Foundry. Uh, Eric, the whole team, wants to make sure you grow deeper that's why we're here that's why we're in the community so come and and join us but connect because that's a huge first next step and may the lord who brought this thought into your mind today from just listening to this message may he walk with you and may he guide over you your family your life and may his blessing rest upon all that you do and i ask this in jesus name amen